This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You just talking. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Lights, camera, action. Hello, world. Welcome into Moneyline on a beautiful Sunday morning. We are one inch, one week closer to NFL season, or so they say, and we're going to get you ready all day today, all show long for the next few hours. We're going to get you prepared for those fantasy drafts, prepared for those futures bets. Hopefully, we can get you on the wrong side or the right side as life I've tried. And I say wrong side because, you know, I'm going to start off the show like that. Before I even introduce the guy next to me, you know, I like to get on here and I like to, I like to, man, drop the boom we want and stuff. Well, there ain't been no booms dropping, Josh. And let me, let me just start because I've been on a losing streak, brother. Man, I was riding with you on the uh, the first quarter yesterday with the Rockets over. That man, that that did not get there. That was unfortunate. And I was trying to do some live betting. I was waiting for a good run by the Thunder so I could fire on the Rockets. Well, that never really happened. The Rockets, once they got to that big lead, they they took care of business. So that was a tough one too, man. But you know what? We got football right around the corner. Always more bets to be made. My co-host here to my right, if you're not familiar with him, at JoshJordan97.5 is where you can find him on Twitter. It's Josh Jordan. He's the grease, the wheels behind Sports Map, And uh, he's my co-host here, the the fantasy, I guess, statistician, I call him, because that's what he does. And dur- throughout this show, we will have another Mock My Mock with Josh Jordan. 713-780-3776. The phone lines are open. If you want to get in on the show at any time, at Moneyline975 is where you can find us on Twitter. The man behind the glass keeping his line in line for the next two hours hey at juggalo Trey, what's going on my man hey guys um do y'all ever wonder what your facial feet uh like facial expressions are when you're sleeping <laughs> no but do tell that keeps me up at night you know so when i'm trying to fall asleep i'm like i wonder what i wonder if i'm smiling while i'm asleep or if i'm just like stoic like i usually am i don't it Probably depends what was, on what you're dreaming about. Yeah, I, I guess. But that was what I was thinking about last night. Like, how? Do, what does my face look like while I'm asleep? Well, we could figure this out. I mean, we have cameras on our phones. That is a good point. But you, know. you should put it live on Twitter, and we could just watch you, and then we'll tell you. You know, we'll tell you. Seven one three switch seven eight zero three seven seven six. We have a lot of football to get to today. We're going to run through a, a ton of of the divisions because time is up. I yeah. mean, time is up. Next time that we speak. Next time on this show, we'll be previewing Chiefs, Texans, and it'll be days away. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are drafting their fantasy teams this week. I mean, we're that close. This is a good weekend to do it. You can still do it next weekend. Uh, I think mine is uh, the the, the following Monday after that. What's kind of cool is so many of these drafts are on Zoom or are online, so you don't necessarily have to do it on the weekends anymore because where else are you going to go? What's cool about it this year is also it's so much unknown that we're learning on the fly. That's what we're doing. And for everyone wondering out there, hey, when are you going to set up the leagues? I will get on that tonight, tomorrow. The lobbies will be open, so if you're interested in playing, hey, go ahead, give us a call or text. Go ahead and shoot us a tweet, whatever you want, 713-780-3776. We'd like to get you in on the leagues. Last year we had three. I think we're going to have somewhere around then again. 
Yeah, it, we'll probably just make them big leagues, right? We have so many people that want to play. It, we're going to get everybody in. It'll be fun. We'll, you know, we'll we'll figure out the prizes. Pretty much, you know, every year we've had some kind of prize for the league champion. So we'll we'll figure that out as well. Um, from a Houston front, I mean, great weekend, right? The Astros win two games. The, the Rockets win. I, I guess we should get to the news if you haven't already heard. Astros A's postponed today. A, a member of the organization with the A's has, has COVID. So no game today. That's been postponed. So hopefully none of the Astros got around that person because, you know, they've been playing some good ball lately. And that's just uh, – it's bad timing, we could say. But at the same time, you brought up a point before the show that it could be a blessing in disguise. Yeah, because you end up – you take those two games from the A's. If everybody remembers, they didn't play that first game. There, there was the, the protest to where Astros and A's did not play. So you win those two games, and, and with the A's leading the division, you really needed to win against the A's this weekend. They took care of business, so that really helps the Astros. How do you feel about the Astros? Because we only talk one time a week, right? We only get to come on here one time a week, so we have to kind of regroup. And I always said we're going to break down this shortened season into little little segments. Well, what did we learn in the last week? Has anything changed? Because I think something has changed as far as my pers- my perspective. Yeah, I mean they're they're playing better. They're now they're only two and a half games behind the A's. I don't know if you saw that tweet from Baseball Reference that they have that the Astros actually is the favorites to win the American League right now. Which I is, did see that. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, right? Like how quickly things change. You know, we have the the trade deadline coming up. Is that either today or tomorrow? Right, I think Trey? it's the thirty first. Yeah, so that's tomorrow. We'll see. You know, let go, me look. I mean, we were talking, Jerry. We thought maybe the Astros would be sellers at the trade deadline even a week or two ago. Now, maybe they're buyers. Now, hold on. Okay, so just like in anything, in gambling, in, in it's a, I guess you can sell sell high, right, and buy low. Mm-hmm. Are we to the point to where we really could say they're still contenders? And, again, I'm not talking about mailing it in. If you feel a different, certain way about it, 713-780-3776. Or is this a time where you could say, I will never have – that kind of equity in in uh, Greenkey, you know, for example, yeah. at that age, the way he's pitching right now, a shortened season, uh, a lot of pitcher injuries, somebody might take a chance just on the name itself and seeing that he still has something. Hey, let me go ahead and take a chance on the guy that they should have left or, or, you know, what happened in that game seven, you know, yeah. I, I've still to this day, Greenkey would have been, is the guy for that spot. I wouldn't have changed anything, but, that's that's the past, and we're here now. But where we're at right now is that he still proved that he is a, a viable arm. He still has that. Is it time to maybe pull the eject button? Because we're getting further and further from Verlander news, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, that that's what's tricky is, you know, just yesterday, or yeah, one day ago, there was a report that, that Verlander could return this season. But here's the thing. Are they just putting that out there so that they don't look so desperate with the trade deadline coming up? We talked about that on the show before. And so if they just make it sound like Verlander could be returning, then, you know, other teams don't have as much leverage. So or maybe he really is feeling better and he might return or Keedy. It looks like he's going to be back sooner than later. Remember, he's been out the whole season, but it looks like Dusty Baker said they expect him in the next 10 days to, to be back on the team. So you get another starter. And remember, he was really good in the playoffs for the Astros. So we shall see. We're going to know a lot about Verlander's health, I think, after the trade deadline. Their moves will kind of tell us how confident they are in him coming back. And from what I heard, I'm kind of with you, Jerry. I would have been a seller because, you know, you got Springer the last year of his deal. 
You know, you got that with Yuli, you got that with Brantley, Josh Reddick. You know, have all these guys that might be leaving. If you trade Grinky now, I mean, his ERA's in the twos, and he's still under contract for next season. So if you're a team that wants to make a move this year, you trade for Grinky, he can help you win a World Series this year and next year, and then you're out from under his contract. I'm I mean, te- that's good value. I'm team don't trade Grinky because you gave up Seth Beer, you gave up your, your, your probably your best hitting prospect other than Jordan. I think keep him until his contract runs out because – he has been the best pitcher on this rotation aside from Verlander. So I don't, I don't know if you want to win this year. I, I, I don't understand. I wouldn't understand trading him, especially when your lineup is still, when, when healthy, when you get Bregman back, can still like do some damage. I'd say keep him. Going back to August 18th on the other side of the ball, five triples, four homers, ten runs, eighteen RBIs in the last ten games. Those numbers belong to Kyle Tucker. One Kyle Tucker, man. He has been on fire. That'd be he? somebody I'd be I'd I'd be really kind of prepping for the future, you know, like because if Springer's gone, he's kind of your outfielder that that you move up and in like in, in his position and build around it. But yeah. you got to put somebody around him. He can't play center field, left field, and right field. It never yeah. makes you feel good either. Whenever they're talking about Jordan at that age and, and t- two knee surgeries, and I know one's. Ones where they're calling it a routine, just whatever the case is, whatever terminology. But at the end of the day, you don't you don't want to hear knee surgeries, no, patella injury too. Yeah. Remember when Cadillac Williams had the patella tear, and then he was never the that same after his that. Career. Yeah, and Cadillac was. I mean, he had he was a hopeful guy. Yeah, I, didn't he, had, he have like the most rushing yards for a rookie ever? Yeah, for I mean, he he was going off. He was he was someone that that. That you would think, man, injuries and someone that was held back by that when you think of all-time players, he comes up in the conversation. He does. He does. And at least with Jordan, he's a DH, right? So you don't have to you know, feel like you, you need him to be super fast. Yeah, and, you it, know. especially with the possibility that the universal DH is coming up more than likely next year. That'll be even better. I know the Astros are in the American League, but when they're playing an interleague play, they don't have to strategize on where they could put them. So I think I think the future's still bright for their lineup, but really and truly the replacing Reddick and Springer is going to be is going to be a tough task. And Brantley too. And so, Brantley could be gone too. Yeah, that's a good point. So now going forward, what do we talk about as far as what do we think about as far as this game being postponed as far as just now look where we are now and we're that much closer to NFL season. And then now it hit home here a little bit because we've seen other teams get hit by it. But now it feels a little bit more real. It's, I mean, you know it was out there. And you knew it was a possibility. But now you're thinking, wait, the streak was going and now it's a, now we're postponing the game? This is, this is real. How, how is football going to happen? Again, I asked that question. Yeah. No, it's a legitimate concern. You see it, you know, baseball, like you said, we're, we're kind of cruising for a while. And then all of a sudden it pops up again. The Astros aren't playing today. And this kind of goes back to the trade deadline thing for me too, Jerry, like, do you want to go all in and be a buyer at the trade deadline when who knows if, you know, the season goes down in a normal fashion, you know, what if COVID hits during the playoffs and, you know, this is such a strange season. Is this the season you want to, you want to go all in and mortgage part of your future for, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I think it'll be kind of a tame trade deadline this year, especially considering, you know, like it's just a 60 game season. You're not going to get your ROI on a guy that's, could be on his last year. If we're going to see somebody get traded, 
it's going to be someone who has like two or three years of team control. I don't think we'll see a lot of rentals. Again, if you're out there and you're wondering or want to know, hey, this is where I stand. You want us to know, what are you guys talking about trading away? We're we're contenders right now, 713-780-3776. Go ahead and let us know why, why you're still all in on this team. And I'm not saying by any means that you should be out because they've shown, hey, we could still contend. They can still play. They could still hit the ball. And these young arms that there was a lot of question marks around, now you're finding answers to them, and the answers are, aren't all that bad. Maybe it's not where they were as an organization as far as a pitching staff staff last year with with two guys that were considered the best in the game. Of course, they're not there. But considering everything that's happened and Cole leaving and Verlander being on the aisle for a while and everything that you thought, hey, this is over, where they're at right now, they're in a a much better spot. Like you said, many people have them as the leader in in that division. Yeah. I mean, they're American League favorites, according to baseball reference. So... I mean, who knows? They could actually do it. So we'll see, man. It's We're about halfway through the season, so there's still a lot of time left. Hopefully you get Bregman back and they really start rolling. But, man, it's all about that pitching, Jerry. Those guys got to stay healthy and keep pitching like they are. Well, it's going to be all about that football for the rest of this show. We're going to talk a little yeah. Rockets. We got to get that in there. But we're running out of time. And I know you guys want to talk about football, want to get into some of these teams. We're going to preview different divisions from a fantasy standpoint, from a gambling standpoint, everything. NFL and such. We're getting closer here on ESPN 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776 at Moneyline 97.5 is where you can find us on Twitter. You want to talk to us, go ahead and text that number. You can find us on Twitch. We got a little group going on over there. And uh, hey, shout out to all you guys for hanging out on a Sunday morning. If you want to fire off any kind of questions during the break, you can also communicate there as well. It's time to talk some football. It's time to get things going here because we are running out of time. We've previewed the Texans. We've previewed the AFC South. Where do we start here? Maybe let's start with these Cowboys. And not just, I guess we've got to get this out of the way because before we get into the fantasy aspect and, and the gambling aspect of that division, Jerry Jones is still on the lines of he thinks that there's a way that these players can uh, make it happen. They can protest while not prote- protesting. Basically, don't protest on the, during the national anthem. We got to figure this out, and I'm not sure how that's going to work. And a lot of it's 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 said out there that a lot of players are waiting to. They want to talk to him. They want to hear what's going on with him because you know that he's been on a certain side of this anthem talk, and I'm not sure that he's ready to change that. No. Look, he's a businessman. He's clearly just trying to kind of split the difference, right? You know, he's he's trying not to take a side, and that's that's what you do when you want money. He doesn't want to come out and say he's okay with the protesting because a lot of his fans are not down with that, but also he has players that are in agreement with that. So, you know, he's in a tough position as owner. He's, he's trying to play both sides. And usually when you do that, it doesn't go well. So, you know, you just have to wonder how much longer he can keep 
kind of walking that line because eventually I think he is going to have to pick a side. And you bring up a good point. We were talking during the break. A lot of these players, I mean, it's silly to think that the NFL, that they're not going to end up, you know, boycotting at some point. We're seeing it in the NBA and hockey. You know, we're seeing it in baseball. We saw it the other day with the Astros. So it occurred to me, when would be the biggest, best place to make a statement if you're going to boycott an NFL game? And the first thing that popped in my head is Thursday night football, the first game of the season when all eyes are on it, Texans, Chiefs, the Super Bowl champs in their home stadium. That would be the time if you wanted to make a big statement and boycott. That's when I would think it would happen. I don't want to see that. I mean, I can't wait for the NFL to start. I'm going to be so upset just as a fan if that happens because I want to see football. But it occurred to me that that could happen, dude. What's funny to me is, though, what happens following that? Because we saw that in the NBA when the Bucks did it. Who was going to be the first team to go out there and say, well, we're going to play anyways? Yeah, you right. <laughs> you don't want to be that team. So then you're telling me if that happens on Thursday, like, in other words, it'd be better if it happened on Sunday night football. So then you only don't see Monday night, for example, because at that point, Sunday's canceled, Monday's canceled, you, the, the, the entire week is thrown away, so you got to be real careful, not not that I'm uh, laughing at, at the cause or, or the, what the motive, motive is behind all this, not by that, by any means, but I'm just saying that once you do it, and now you're hearing that, for example, LeBron came out, and, he, and, so, and, and a lot of the younger players are mad at the way that he threw things out after their meeting, that the meetings are, are we going to play or not, he was on the side of not playing, Yeah, and he walked out at one point and said, we're out. And all his boys, all the Lakers got up and left except for one Dwight Howard. I heard he's Sh- shocking. Yeah, he was playing Snake on his Nokia. He's like, <laughs> where, where the hell did the Lakers go? You know, he's that guy that's late and he just gets up and walks out. That was D- Dwight Howard. Either way, though, it said that he, he came off in a way that he was ready to be done. Now you're starting to hear that they, they called Obama, um, Michael Jordan came in and talked or, or spoke to them as well and, and kind of pushed it to, hey, this is the biggest stage. The biggest stage is everyone watching you right now. So like you said, what would happen if it goes down on that Thursday? What would you do as a football fan? Because I know that a baseball fan, he's he he's lost a, a lot of love for that game as well. As soon as the NBA, it trickled down to other sports. Baseball guy's pissed off right now. Yeah. Saying, Okay, you keep that to NBA. That's why I quit messing with the NBA years back. And now you're going to bring it to baseball. I'll cut this off, too. I'll go to a different sport. But at one time or another, if every sport does it, you're done with sports. It's time to kayak. And that's crazy. And you know what's funny? Uh, you know, during the week, I, I run Sports Map. I also do the social media for the station for Sports Map. We have been losing followers because, uh, and I've seen it across, uh, I've seen other radio hosts around town mentioning it too. They're losing followers because because of the, the players not playing games, because of these boycotts. And to me, I mean, that's crazy. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to stop following 97.5 because the Astros didn't play the other night. I mean, it's nuts. But people that believe in this, you know, that, that are upset with the boycotts, a lot of them are serious. And it's not a lot. I mean, I'm talking about like 15 or 20 people. You know, not a lot, but... It's noticeable. You remember that I had that conversation with the guy that came to fix our uh, our appliances at our house, and and he heard me, you know, listening to ESPN ninety seven five. It was a weekday, so he starts on the sports, and right then and there, I knew where he was going to go with it because he he it was around the NASCAR thing, right around that NASCAR time. <laughs> oh yeah. boy, yeah. So right around that time, did he have a do rag on? <laughs> <laughs> so he started. So 
So he started going off on how he had written off every single sport, starting with basketball and how they were hypocritical, and then that he hadn't watched NFL in a, in a few years ever since they started doing the kneeling, and then that's why that he, he stuck with baseball or stuck to his guns, and that's why that he was going to maybe, he said, watch football again this year because he knows that Jerry Jones was a certain way. Remember I told yeah. you a story, and he, he looked at me kind of seeing what buyback I would give, and I didn't really want to get into that. No. I, I just knew right then and there where that conversation would go, and he's just like, yeah, they're all, they're all, they're all guys that get paid millions for a game, and they're lucky that we even watching he was like that's why i stick to nascar and if nascar keeps doing this then i'll be done with them he's like that's that was around that time with all this stuff going around and he goes if they keep doing that then i'll, I'll be done with them he said and i might go back to football just because jerry jones he said i'll kneel uh, i'll refuse to kneel with jerry jones because i know he'll never kneel with those players he said and that's the side i'm and i'm thinking what, what what is he thinking now that that you're seeing that other sports whether these leagues as a whole agree with it or not that they, they can't be that league that that, that doesn't show any kind of light to this yeah no i mean they can't and i mean the nfl there's so many african-americans i think it's like 80 percent. you know what i mean like you have to you know be fair and willing to listen to everybody's opinions on this stuff because it's not going away it is not going away this is not stopping america doesn't change that quickly it, but, it doesn't but my question is this and this is a real aspect here a real topic and, and it might sound a certain way but me I'm thinking that at the end of all this, it's going to go back to score one. You know, racism is not changing or an, being anti-racist or, or not being a racist. is not all of a sudden changing your profile picture to a black picture on, on a certain day. Right. You know, it's not, well, there's no basketball. That's cool. in posting, man, what a monumental day. It's not that. To me, is racism is, is not what you do when people are watching. It's which, how you think when no one's around. Right. So then I believe that a lot of players got forced into this. You think you're going to tell me 100 percent or 99.9, not even 95 percent. I don't think of those players were all on the same side. They just didn't want to be that one. What if you're that guy that says, you know what, this is, you know, I'm, 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 I'm or, or, because there was people that went against as far as let's play, but they weren't saying as far as the movement or whatnot. They were saying this is our platform. But what if somebody said, you know, this is wrong all the way around. This is, I don't want to do this. That guy's outed. He's, I yeah. mean, who wants to play, be in the locker room with that guy? No, that's a very good point. And you can be about that cause, but also still want to play the game. Right. I mean, you could you could privately donate money and not even tell anybody to that cause, but still want to play football that day. So you're right. But you're going to be pressured into, you know, going along with, you know, the overall feeling of the team. And the other thing I wanted to bring up, it's different with like basketball and, and baseball. Right. If you boycott a game, very likely you're playing either the next day or the day after that. But with football, are you going to if you if you boycott, is it going to be until the next week until you play again? Because nobody's boycotting the season, at least not right now. They're just boycotting a game or two. I mean, with the NFL, is that game just not going to happen? And, you know, say Texans Chiefs just don't play. You know, when would you make up that game if they boycott it? Texans fans are like, we don't even need to make up that game. Let's just go by win percentage. <laughs> you know, let's just right? not even make that game up. Right here we go to, to Twitch, and they're adding on to this conversation. Yeah, they've seen a lot of Astros fans checking out, saying they're done. Some Simon uh, says, I'll take that memorabilia. That's what you're saying, <laughs> right. because if someone's going to go to that extreme and, and you're going to see what the Cowboys as right now, Chuck D, Texas, I know he's a Cowboys guy. He says right now the plan is to kneel before the anthem, but stand for the anthem. Well, who's playing? Because it, the plan lies within those players. What is if Jerry Jones is going to go out and say, well, if you happen to do it, then you're out of here. It's going to open up. I mean, I. 
I don't think he wants to do that. I, I don't think he wants to do that one bit. So he has to be careful the way he words this. And a lot of people are expecting him to go on the fan on his weekly show this week and, and show face. But you see that he hadn't spoken about nothing for a while. None of this issues until now that we know a little bit of what's happening with um, Dak Prescott and being an African-American quarterback. He didn't want to step on those toes in the middle of maybe re-signing or, or, the, or the future of him being on the team. Yeah. If he says the wrong thing, what's to say Dak's like, you know what? I'm never. I'm not playing here, or whatever the case may be. And it's, it's who your player is, right? If, if Zeke Elliott kneels during the anthem, do you think they're going to bench him? You know what I mean? You think they would bench and Zeke? Tony Pollard, your your backup. Yeah, maybe, I mean he's a decent no, player, but he's not, not Zeke. It's about man, star power matters. You you want to win? You're not going to bench your best player for that. But do you have to set an example? You know what I mean? You're going to find yourself saying, "We got to set an example." If Jerry Jones he lets one guy get away with it, all hell's going to break loose. Yeah, but I mean it's like Jimmy Johnson would talk about the Cowboys how you you treat your star players different. If yeah. Michael Irvin falls asleep in a meeting, He's you just go yeah. nudge him and wake him up. Wake up. If some guy on the on the end of the roster falls asleep in a meeting, you cut him That's in how front it of everybody. Works in sports. Like, do you think do you think the Seahawks would have cut Russell Wilson if he tried to sneak a girl into into the training camp like no that undrafted way. rookie. The only person that's cutting him is Sierra if he does that. She's yeah. going to cut him real nice. Now, let's give you some good advice here, and it's not in the betting purposes. It's in protecting yourself, and you got to protect yourself out here. I know some people are anti-masking. I don't believe in it, but hey, it's true. Right now, I've seen a bunch of studies online of, of saying, I mean, guys, I've seen that video circling around right now going viral of the guy trying to blow out the candle in front of his family, and they were arguing. He's saying, it doesn't protect me, and then they said, well, blow out the candle then at the end of the day it does protect you and if it doesn't just protect you it protects those around you and not only does the boomer naturals do that does that it does an extra layer of protection it's called nano silver technology it blocks those tiny drops and particles from getting into your nose that gets out there you don't see them you can't see them you can't see if someone's sick but you can see if someone's protecting themselves and you know in your head that you're protecting yourself as well this is what you're going to do you're going to go to boomernaturals.com you're going to purchase a mask or anything on the site for that for that cause and this is what you're going to do you use promo code jerry you save 20 percent right off the top and if you purchase at least 50 dollars worth of things on the site you're going to get free shipping and handling free shipping and handling purchases over 50 use promo code jerry get 20 percent off boomernaturals.com i feel like i'm the one that's doing dope can't keep a steady hand anyone can wear the mask not all face masks offer the same protection. At ESPN 97.5, we wear Boomer Naturals masks because they have three-layer nano-silver protection in sizes for adults, teens, and kids. Order now at BoomerNaturals.com and use promo code ESPNHouston for 20% off. Boomer Naturals, the official masks of ESPN Houston. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776 on a beautiful Sunday morning. A Sunday closer to the NFL season. We're here to get you in the new in the mood, right? The right mood for it because it seemed unreal. It seemed like, man, this is far fetched. It, it won't happen. I don't think it's going to happen. But now that we're hearing big, big news coming out, and one person on the Jaguars within the division, one guy that we needed out here, and I call him a person because he was a scary fellow. He was someone that was a was a wreaked havoc on this division. He was someone that I'm glad to see out gone out of here. And his name is Yannick Ngakwe, right? And he has now found a new home on the Minnesota Vikings. Any thoughts? 
Good pickup for them. We know uh, Ngakwe's been upset. He's wanted to get out of Jacksonville for a while. So, I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a good move there. And, and we talked about it before the show, right? That Jags defense that used to be, you know, so incredible and threatening and Jalen Ramsey and Calais Campbell. And, Miles Jack. Yeah, I mean, just they've been decimated, man. It is, it is not the same defense anymore. And the Jaguars have turned back into the Jaguars. Now, how bad can it be there, the situation, knowing that he wanted to take less than the 17.78 that he was due? He said, I just I need to get out of here. I'm willing to take less money. Get me out of here. That has that has to say something about that organization as it is right now. And then again, going back to Saxonville, remember they they the team that almost knocked out the Patriots, the team that dominated for an entire yeah. half and, and a piece of that third quarter. That team, look how they broke up. Now I'm not sure that you can go back. And now it's a it's a team led by the mustache. <laughs> it is. Look, I mean they're they're not going to be a threat. They're they're hardly ever any good. I don't think Gardner Minshew is going to come out and, and be some great quarterback on the offensive side. I mean, I think they're going to be in a, maybe the worst team in the league again. I mean, and that's where they are. And to be fair, I mean, they took Josh Allen, a pass rusher, a couple years ago in the first round, and then they took another one uh, in chasing this past draft. So they have pass rushers that they've used first-round picks on in like the last two years of the draft. So Ngakwe leaving, him being a pass rusher, they have first-round picks to fill that void. So it makes sense for them. He wanted out of there, and now he's gone. Now we got our guy, Daniel Turnbow, says, does that make up for Griffin? Yeah. The Everson Griffin move? Yeah, I, I think it did. And remember with Griffin, I think he had like some mental issues, and he had to go kind of check himself into a facility and kind of sort things out. So I think there were some questions about him as well. So it makes sense for both parties, and I'm glad as a Texans fan, let's let's get Ngakwe out of the division. I like that as well. Now, let's go back to the division that we were going to break down a little bit of the Cowboys here. Where do you see Dak Prescott? Because I know he's, a, I guess, considered a middle-tier quarterback this year as far as fantasy purposes. Do you? Or I know you're a late quarterback guy uh, or late-round quarterback guy. Do you have anything, any kind of real expectations around this? Because if you look at the Cowboys' schedule, it's a pretty soft schedule. It, it is. Yeah, it, it really is. I think uh, a guy that you're kind of high on in Blake Jarwin, they're tied in there. You're really hearing some good things about him from Jerry Jones. And we know Dak Prescott likes to throw to his tight ends. You know, Dak's a guy that had an incredible fantasy season last year. Now they add CeeDee Lamb to that group. I mean, I think the Cowboys are going to have a potent offense, you know, and I'm, I'm sure Trey can speak to that as well, but... Cowboys are going to be nice for fantasy this year, but you're right about I don't like taking quarterbacks early. That's just that's not how I like to build my teams. But I think Dak's going to have a nice year. Is the hype real around Jarwin Trey, or is it just a void that it's easy to plug in because you're missing? Or and we know that Witten was on the downside for a while, old Yeller. But is this just a, a hopeful thing, or is he the truth? I think he'll be serviceable, but. Um... We're talking, like, drafting him in fantasy. I don't think I would take him, like, early. I'd probably kind of stuff him on the bench for, like, a, a backup tight end when your starter's out. But I, I think most of the, th- the, the, the passes are going to go in the direction of Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. It, they're, their receiving core is so stacked, you know, like, it, it's going to be hard to really get some, some opportunities for Blake Jarwin. But, yeah, I... You never know. I think he could have one of those games where he goes off and 
gets like two or three touchdowns like he did that one time against the Giants. So it'll be interesting to see what his situation is. He's, it, yeah, you make a great point because there's only so much of the ball that can go around. Who ends up being the number two wide receiver on that team? That's another question here. I'm because going Gallup. And, and that makes sense. He's Gallup is... Is he, he he gets his numbers right? He'll get you there. Now a lot relies on and, and depends on what Dak Prescott throws out there. But with this many weapons, there's only so many guys that that the defense could cheat on, right? And if you yeah. know you got to cheat over to help on on Amari uh, Cooper, and then you have to stack the box somewhat or or leave extra men in the box because Zeke Elliott's still that threat, obviously. And then what are you going to do if you can't get to the quarterback on time because their offensive line's still in pretty much intact? So Dak Prescott's going to have time. That means that your defenders have to stay with those receivers for extended amounts of time. And whenever you have these kind of receivers, that's that's arguably one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver group. Yes, we have a question on the on the on the rookie still, but look at that receiving group and tell me one that's just head and shoulders above them. It's tough, man. They're going to be loaded. They really are. I think CD Lamb. I think he could do something this year. I know it. We worry about the rookies, right? And we're going to get a little more fantasy heavy because we're we're getting to fantasy draft time right now. You do have to worry about the rookies a little bit because they haven't had a normal you know training camp and off season to get you know a lot of Zoom meetings. How, how well do these guys learn when they're they're not on the field as much? So th- that's something to consider. But I think as the season goes along, I think CD Lamb could break out. I I really like this offense. You, you think he can unseed Michael Gallup as the number two receiver, or do you think he'll just kind of pl- primarily play like a slot role, like you see kind of on the Cardinals with Christian Kirk? I, Gallup had a lot of drops last year. You probably yeah. noticed that as a yeah, Cowboys fan. And they have some outs in Amari Cooper's contract. I know he just signed that big deal, but they have some easy outs to get out of that. I wouldn't be surprised if C.D. Lamb is the number one guy in a, a year or two. Look where he's being drafted. Check this out. C.D. Lamb, 39th overall wide receiver, way ahead of Gallup. And, you know, everyone wants that new shiny toy. Everyone, But we've talked about this. What do you do in a season that's, 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 that's been weighed down with the COVID and the, and the preparations have been altered? Do you take the guy that you know Gallup knows that offense? Or do you take someone like C.D. Lamb that, that has expectations really high? Because to get Cooper, he's the 10th overall wide receiver. And depending where you, where you get your numbers at, but around the top 10s, right around Adam Thielen and right above Cooper Cup and Calvin Ridley. So that's where you have to go to get Cooper. You have to pass up on A.J. Brown, Juju Smith, and it's right after the Mike Evans and Galladay's of the world. So you have to be real careful with, uh, you, you, like we, we spoke about, does Jarwin get enough looks? Well, what does having C.D. Lamb? Not to say that a rookie's going to take away all his looks, but at the end of the day, you have to look that way. You, yeah. He's going to have X amount of targets. He's a he's a playmaker. That's what he is. They didn't they didn't bring him in to to give him three four targets a game. That's not who C.D. is. C.D. needs, needs space. He needs work. He needs re- reps. That's what he needs, and I believe that they're going to find that. That's He's like a check down. He's going to be a, a far deep check down at any time because he has that kind of speed as what Deshaun Watson uses Will Fuller. People say, how can you do a check down to a receiver? Watch Watson and Fuller. Whenever he sees goes through progressions and he sees that everything's locked up and he knows that Will Fuller's one-on-one, he throws that ball just thinking, I believe, I know what Will Fuller is. I know he's faster than the guy, whoever's holding him. That's what you're going to have with CeeDee Lamb. Just, hey, throw it up there. That's just another option for Dak Prescott, and I believe that's why he bet on himself as far as the contract negotiations. He bet on himself. And, look, they gave him number 88, Michael Irvin's number. Yeah, you don't just get that 
being anybody. Ooh, uh, yeah, that's another aspect. Yeah. That, 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 that jersey holds weight. Yeah. And, and, and then we saw him also pull the veteran move on, um, on, on draft night whenever his girlfriend took his phone from him. Remember that? I, I, that, was, that was probably the highlight of the draft for me. That's a, something has to be said for that because the man was focused. He knew what was at hand here. No matter what the moment was, hey, you have to give a little bit for that. Playing under pressure, his Madden pr- uh, re- pressure rating, 99. I heard um, <laughs> when she took his phone, she asked, hey, why is Pizza Hut calling? Yeah, right. <laughs> Who ordered stuff crust? Now let's keep going to the rest of the team to, to round them out. Ezekiel Elliott, he's always a top three, sometimes top two guy. Uh, last season, there was a little bit of talk around him pushed back because we knew that he was the holdout talk. You know, we always used to uh, usually have that around this time. But yep. right now, that's not going to be the talk. We know where he stands, but we know that he doesn't stand as far as especially PPR leagues where McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey, or, or Saquon Barkley for what they do in the passing game. Do you still draft Elliott top three, knowing that Kamara or Henry's coming up or Dalvin Cook? Where do you draw the line on tier one and tier two? I, the first part is is it is it standard or PPR? PPR. Let's go. PPR. I think I'm taking Kamara in front of him, so I'd probably go McCaffrey, Barkley, Kamara, and then Elliott right there at four. In a PPR league, and we've seen with Zeke, he's not quite as ex- explosive as he has been, but he still, you know, gets in the end zone. He's still a great player, so I take him at number four overall. But if it's a non PPR league, I would take Zeke over Kamara. You got to remember though, like the anchor of that offensive line, Travis Frederick, with him being out, he hasn't. You, it's been kind of weird. He hasn't really been as explosive as he used to without Travis Frederick. Now let's stick to that division, to that to the Giants. We talked about Barkley. Is there anything to like on the Giants this year? Do we see a big step in Daniel Jones? You got to hope so. And for fantasy, he was actually not that bad last year. He was real kind of boomer bust, though. Either he was terrible or he had a big game. And a lot of that was he gets points with his legs. And we're seeing that with Josh Allen. Maybe Josh Allen won't run as much this year. Maybe Daniel Jones won't either. But it's fantasy's changing that way to where – you want to get a guy that can, you know, get you some points scrambling. You know, the Drew Breeses and Tom Brady's of the world, you're really counting on them, you know, throwing a lot of touchdowns to come through for you. So Daniel Jones is kind of a sneaky guy. And, you know, I talked about how I like to wait for my quarterbacks. I mean, he's a guy in the double-digit rounds you could take a flyer on. Now, he ended up as the 20th overall quarterback, but remember, he only played 13 games. So when you look at fantasy points per game production he's a top 14 guy so he moved up a whole nother seven spots a fringe quarterback one because in a 12-man league a fringe quarterback one and if we're expecting him to take somewhat of a step forward that's what you're hearing out of camp now we have to be careful with what people say out of camp right now but you're hearing that he's taking that step forward i expect him to get into that to be a qb1 i do I do as well. And, you know, we'll finish up this division on the other side because we got to talk about the Washington football team and, and the Eagles. They had, they have some interesting stuff at quarterback going on with who they drafted. And is Carson Wentz going to be kind of a part-time player? You're pretty good with that Washington football team. Yeah. Thing. It took me a long time to quit saying San Diego Chargers. I don't know how I'm going to do this one. Hopefully you get used to saying winners because I'm going to give you some here. We're going to try to get right back on the side of winning here on ESPN 97.5. This one's for you and me.
This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776. At Moneyline 97.5 is where you can find us on Twitter. It's Josh Jordan, it's Jerry Bowe, and it's a man, Trey, behind the glass, getting you ready for football. Because by the time we talk next week, we'll be previewing Thursday night football, hoping to. Hopefully nothing changes between here and there, but we don't know. The only thing that we can't change is the number eight overall quarterback last season, Carson Wentz, Philadelphia. We're breaking down the NFC East right now. We're jumping into the Eagles because there's a lot of questions coming around that offensive line. So can Carson Wentz quietly, I mean, he's a quietly with the eighth overall quarterback, which to be honest, once I looked at it, I said, man, I thought he was outside the top 12. He had his moments. Now he, he, I think I expect a lot of them going back to that year where he got hurt and he was in, in one of the clubhouse leaders as far as MVP votes. Yeah. And then he took that hit and I think I just I never I never bounced back on him and and not maybe maybe uh, my view is a little skewed on him knowing that Foles came in and and was able to still do his thing. Maybe that made me think, is it Peterson? What is it? And that's going to lead us to the answers. What do you think of Peterson and and this offense and this trouble that they're having with injuries? Man, they're they're in trouble. Lane Johnson was on the COVID list and then he came back. You know, one of their best offensive linemen, and now he says he has a lower body in injury so they're not being real specific about that he's missed three practices in a row we know Andre Dillard their left tackle out for the year so they're gonna have to put Jason Peters in that spot and he wants more money to do it (laughs) or Jordan Mulata might get considered as well he might it's I mean they're having a lot of shuffling going on on that offensive line and you know you bring up Carson Wentz but you know they took Jalen Hurts the quarterback out of Oklahoma in the second round so, you know, are we going to see a deal where they're bringing him in around, you know, the red zone area and he's stealing touchdowns from Carson Wentz? I think that, that could happen. I think it might be we'll another see. Taysom Hill situation. Yes. That's what we're seeing. It's a copycat league. If you have a guy that can do that, I'm, uh, I mean, I'm all for it. And I, didn't, I don't think that you spend – you don't spend that type of draft pick that high on a guy that you're not planning to use. Now, if you look at, let's say, the Packers situation, I think that's a little bit different because they're expecting Love to be more of a, the traditional guy. But now if you go to to this particular situation, I'm not sure if Hurts can be a, a, a traditional quarterback, but the NFL that's going on right now and you're seeing Taysom Hill do it, why not take your chance on that? I, I believe if you ask me right now who's more of an athlete, Hurts or, or Taysom Hill, I would go with Hurts. Yeah, I would too. And here's the other thing that we have to think about. Carson Wentz has been hurt a lot. You know, they're covering their bases here because they're expecting he might miss some games. So they they may need Jalen Hurts to be a starter for a few games. Let's talk about the backfield. Uh, I talked about the running back order. We were talking to the Twitch on the break, and it's crazy this year because usually you can rely on, on, on running backs. That's what you try to secure your team on. And then, yeah, up top, McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott, Kamara, Henry, we don't know. Cook, we still don't know. But then right there, you get Josh Jacobs, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and then Chubb Mixon. But then Miles Sanders coming in right outside the top 10. What's your thoughts about Miles Sanders in that offense? Does he get more reps? Does he get more touches this season? I think he becomes the guy. He was amazing towards the end of the year last year. He really came on the second half of the fantasy season. I would take Miles Sanders as high as like maybe number seven overall. I mean, I like him that much. He's going at the end of the first round, early second round, and a lot of other drafts. But I like him better. I mean, Sproles is gone. I think I think Sanders is going to get all that workload. 
now I'm, I'm a little worried about the offensive line now, obviously, but I, I like him a lot. For me, it's deciding between him and Clyde Edwards-Elaire. Like, those are the two guys where I'm, I can't quite decide which guy I'd rather have on my team. But for me, I like him better than Joe Mixon. And Joe Mixon, he might be holding out. We're not even really sure. He's missing practices because he's claiming it's migraines. But there's some thoughts that he might just be saying that because he wants more money. I'm just out on Mixon. I'm not a big Joe Mixon guy. Anybody on the Bengals, I'm just like, ugh. You know, A.J. Green, maybe you take a flyer on him in the sixth round. But I'm not drafting a Bengal in the first or second round. So I'm out on Joe Mixon. Somebody else can have him. The other guy to consider right there that you mentioned is Josh Jacobs. And I like him a lot for the Las Vegas Raiders. The issue with him is if you're playing PPR, is he going to catch enough passes to really come through for you? You know, you you would just hope that he can get you 40 catches. If he gets 40 catches, Josh Jacobs is going to be amazing this year. As far as wide receivers, you have to go all the way down on the wide receiver list to find ADP on Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. 48th overall oh, as no. far as wide receivers. But that's all. Again, we, we worry about injuries with him. Yeah. As much as we like to talk about Will Fuller, Deshaun Jackson, when he's in. He's the original Will Fuller. He was kind of a bust <laughs> yeah. in, in Tampa Bay a little bit. I'm like not- Everybody expected him to be the next big, best, second best wide receiver on the team. But he didn't do anything. I never thought about that. Deshaun Jackson has just now been deemed on Moneyline here on Sunday mornings as Will Fuller Sr. Yes. So he's kind of a bust. Will Fuller Sr. is going off about 48th. That's the top wide receiver. But also we talk about, okay, on the Cowboys, how Jarwin has to compete with the, the receivers. On this, the receivers have to compete with two tight ends, two tight ends that they are elite. And my, I, I like Dallas Goddard. And you think I just, he's elite? I just for what I th- I think he can be elite. Let me let me rephrase that. Just when you're behind an elite guy, there's only so much you can do. But I've seen teams, we've seen teams to be able to make two tight end sets work. I think he can become elite. Let me go ahead and say that elite is a is a certain word. It's elite. It's a, it's a certain group of people. Can he get there? I think that this year he breaks himself apart, and we know that Ertz he had his fair share of injuries as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. So I, I like their tight end group with the Eagles. I think it's obviously one of the strengths of their team. And, I mean, they put a lot of draft capital in Dallas Goddard, so they're going to use him. For me, this is – I think it's going to be all about Miles Sanders. I think he's going to get a lot of checkdowns. You know, Alshon Jeffrey, we still don't know if he's going to be, you know, ready to go and healthy. Remember last year, like, all the Eagles receivers yeah. were hurt. I mean, all of them. At one point, Greg Ward yes. was, like, the best receiver on that team. Ima- yeah. Imagine that. Imagine – that being the best receiver you have, now they went and picked up, and, and, and to the dismay of many Eagles fans, they wanted to get another receiver in a receiver-heavy draft. But Jalen Rager, that, that's the reality. What do you think about Rager? I, I like him as a flyer. I mean, he can run. He's out of TCU. They took him in the first round. They're going to use him. He's got some speed. I think he's a nice guy to take in, in you know the mid to late rounds of your draft. Just take a shot on him. He might come through for you. Deshaun Jackson... Uh, Will Fuller Sr., he had the <laughs> Eagles rookie record for receiving yards, 9-12. A lot are saying that he's going to put up 1,000 in this, uh, in, on this offense. Carson Witt says he reminds him of a, a mini Julio Jones. <laughs> yeah, if Julio Jones missed half the games in his career, maybe. Are, you, are we still talking about Deshaun? Exactly. There's no way. Deshaun is, like, really short. and like Will, uh, Well, hence the mini. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy to me. 
No, but I mean, this is the time of year, right? In camp, like everybody's Barry Sanders. You know, everybody's the best receiver, the best running back out of training camp. All we hear all these positive reviews of everybody. I can confirm. Tua Tungavaloa, next Dan Marino. Left-handed Dan Marino, Tua Tungavaloa. Book it. You heard it here first. You book that, and we're going to book some wins for the next hour. It's Redemption Sunday. We need redemption song on here, Trey. We need something. I need some luck. I need someone to send me something. I don't know. if you got some good luck? Ritual 713-780-3776. I need something. I need help, Josh, here on ESPN 97.5. ESPN 97.5 is your home for sports talk. And now we're more talk with less commercials. Are you serious? Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Houston's only FM sports station. ESPN 97.5.